Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Bacon Wire. I don't have a good intro yet. I got to craft it. Or maybe I'll just say, hi, everybody. Welcome back to Bacon Wire. Um, joined as boring, to be honest. I think you should put a little more effort. Yeah. Lucas, I'll... you don't edit. What else do you have to do? Oh, um, nothing really. No. I didn't go to a bachelor party this weekend. I didn't lay new carpet. I didn't tear open a wall. You know, nothing, nothing big. So Spartan Dog and I have a lot to talk about tonight. It's a big, big old slot filled episode. Um, yep, it's, it, you know, it, uh, <coughs> it's really a, um, it's really a twin towers of, of topics we got going on today. Um, uh, you know, maybe, um, and <laughs> maybe I should edit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, Spartan Dog ninety seven point one six had another unfortunate accident. Um, so I am actually um, the first iteration of a clone. They have tried to age up six years by mm-hmm. genetically altering my birth date. So I am Spartan Dog ninety one point one. Okay, um, but you can call me Spartan Dog nine eleven. Um, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I, I think uh, Spartan Dog 97.16 um, saw that Sean would streak the field if he uh, if Thunderstruck doesn't get played on Saturday, which is not happening, thank God. And I think, oh, yeah. I think Lucas floated like a fembot from Austin Powers. To to lead off the show, I would like to I would like to open I would like to officially open the show um, with the following remarks from the desk of Spartan Dog 911. Um thank you thank you very much i'll be here all week yeah news broke about an hour ish ago that thunderstruck will not be played um it's going to be the song called swag surfing um by uh Oh, by uh, let me let me do my white person. Fast life youngsters, uh, fast life youngsters fly. Um, it's going to be jarring at first, like to hear to hear something other than thunderstruck. But um, I'm ready for it. It's <laughs> Ryan posted on the in our little chat. Someone said Kid Rock, <laughs> maybe Kid Rock or Eminem. <laughs> I'd love for them to come out to Ba with the Ba, not gonna lie. I would like that too. NGL, not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna talk about a lot of MSU stuff. We're gonna preview the NFL and uh, we're gonna talk Shang-Chi because we we both saw it over the weekend. Um, the Big Ten basketball schedule came out, and um, this is really great radio. Um, I I like to I mean- start. Listen, I like trying to do like the football schedule last week was enough galaxy branding for me. Yeah. But like trying to like predict the the conference record for a team we haven't seen anything of um in a sport that can be as streaky and kind of as as dependent on momentum as as college basketball um is is kind of pointless. Yeah. But I will say this. 
Um, the main takeaway, I think MSU Twitter kind of had a collective sigh of relief. You know, they kind of, um, you know, the uh, it's like the Big Ten scheduling God said, um, we hear you. And pretty soon the whole world is going to hear you. <laughs> uh, that That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut 9-11 thing. Uh, oh, I knew it. I, I just was like, I didn't know it at first, but like, it's got to be something 9-11 related. Yeah, that's uh, it was George Bush talking at Ground Zero. Fantastic. Um, I, so um, we only play we only play Purdue once this season, and it's at home. At home, thank God. Um, the biggest takeaway that I don't like is that, okay, the first four conference games should be dubs at Minnesota, home Penn State, at, at Northwestern, home Nebraska. Those should be dubs. Um, at Michigan, I don't like. Um, and the other thing I don't like is that two, three weeks later, the exact same day, um, Michigan is playing at Michigan State. So the Michigan – Michigan State basketball rivalry, which I think is the best in the Big Ten right now in terms of how good both programs are, it's over before February first. I think that's stupid on their part. It yeah, I don't I, I really don't like how they schedule that. I no. think you know, I'm okay with playing Michigan early, but I think at right. least the second the second game, if we're gonna play twice, should be played in should be played in March. Well, it was perfect. You know, we played them in early February in 2019 at <clears throat> Ann Arbor. Then uh, first week of March at home. And then obviously a week later in the Big Ten tournament. Like that was a pretty good, you know, obviously yeah, because we went 3-0 and against them, if you forgot. Um, I sure didn't, Lucas. No one, no one forgot that. Um, yeah, never forget. <laughs> never forget. Never forget. <laughs> I was going to say it too. Um yeah, I don't like that they they did that to this rivalry. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not going to do a deep dive until we, I think, until we see this team play. Like, I think after the Kansas game in New York for the Champions Classic on November 9th, I think that's when you can get a start to get a blueprint on what this team will be like. Um, but the game that honestly scares me the most is Loyola Chicago. Like people, the the boomers and like the the casual MSU fans are going to see that game, and we could very well lose that game. Yeah, and they're I mean, going to like, don't, I, I don't, I don't fuck with two people. I don't fuck with two things. I don't fuck with Al Qaeda, and I don't fuck with Sister Jean. So I'm over. They're on, they're on the same level to me. <laughs> that should be a Photoshop. Um. That'd be so fucking funny, Sister Jean just beheading a motherfucker. Crappy. Uh, cr- if you're listening, make it happen. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's gonna get some exposure. Um, I that's gonna be the game where the boomers and the casuals are gonna be like, "Why did we lose to a team called Loyola Chicago?" Um, that just scares me for that point. But you know, if we win the battle for Atlantis, the only good thing, Lucas. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. The only good thing that can come out of our Loyola loss is that it might um, create, um, it might kill some boomers. Like it might, like some boomers might die. (laughs) 
just like out of like frustration and anger. And that bodes very well for my agenda to get rid of all the boomers, except for my grandparents, because I love them very much. God. Uh, anyway, I just, my train of thought just went off the rails. Um, you were saying like, I hope we win the battle of Atlantis and, no, and you're correct. I would very much like, to I hope, I hope we win it because then I'll go on Twitter and say that it's just as good as a um, season long conference championship. Like, a fan base about 60 miles away from Michigan state did. I don't, I'm not saying who it is, but I think we all remember that. How, yeah. How fucking one, annoying they were. One and, thing I learned Lucas in the aftermath of the 2018, 2019 battle for Atlantis is that uh, the Eastern Michigan university fan base is a lot more boisterous than I thought, than I, than I once thought, you know, some of the grand Valley too. Yeah, they really brought they really brought the heat. Um, you know, the the Eagles really flocked. Yeah. Uh after that battle to Atlanta after that battle for Atlantis victory. Um another thing I noticed is that we're only at Iowa, which I don't think it's going to be as intimidating this year. Um No, this this season this season is going to be a Fran McCaffrey masterclass. And at I mean, Ohio State. Not for, yeah. Sorry, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. No, like this, this, this season from Iowa. No offense to our to our good friend Lucy Roden. Uh, my mom sent you sent me one of your TikToks unsolicited the other day. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so um, I think that's how you know you made it. Uh, but if my mom like, this ever gets is, on TikTok, I'm quitting social media. This is going to be a classic Fran McCaffrey, like killing it in the non-conference. Yep. And then the Big Ten just eats them alive and they finish seven. <clears throat> They're going to I mean, be ranked like within 10 to 15 and um, then just completely bottom out. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll be like, you know, Jay Bills going, Iowa is a sleeper team to win the Big Ten. And then Iowa just shits the bed. Absolutely. Like, um, and we also only play Indiana at home, which is nice. Because I fucking hate going to Bloomington, and but somehow honestly, the we the should last just decade won there last year. Honestly, we should avoid uh, playing basketball in the state of Indiana, just like altogether. Yeah, so I mean, like, wow, shit, we avoid Purdue at. Yeah, we avoid Indiana and Purdue at Indiana and Purdue. Like we we do not go to Indiana to play this year. That's nice. No, like if the Final yeah. Four is in Indianapolis, we should protest. Well, we play uh, Butler in Indianapolis. So yeah, hopefully Indiana passes passes like a Texas style abortion bill. So we can like moral high ground the NCAA into moving the final four. I mean, I don't know where it's at this year, but uh, you know, if it's in Indianapolis again, that we can just like moral high ground Mark Emmert into moving it to like, I don't know. Well, not fucking Texas. Uh shit. I don't know. Just bring it back to Detroit. That'd be pretty cool. Like uh, when they moved the all-star game out of uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Because of the train, because the trans, because the trans bathroom thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So hope Mark. Or, Emmer- no, that was the voting right. It was the voting, voting rights. rights. Yeah. yeah. It was the voting rights thing. Mark Emmer, if you're listening, please move it to uh, Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Move it to Detroit. That'd be fun. Uh, I would fucking go in a heartbeat. If, yeah, whenever the final four comes back, I told Cassie I'm going to the final four. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't even care who's, I don't even care who's in it. Like, no, I, if, I would go just for fun. Yeah, 
you know, so, we, like, we like to have fun here. Um, right. We, we like to have fun. You know, we like to have an explosive good time here on the oh. Big and White podcast. Um, so, uh, so Lucas, you know, we, we kind of had our, uh, our introductory banter, you know, that's kind of our, our pre-dinner cocktails or, <laughs> or, you know, our old fashions or our, our brewskis. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the basketball schedule. That's kind of our, our appetizers, you know, our shrimp cocktail or, or, uh, our bowl of French onion soup. Uh, let's, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about Kenneth Walker, the third and how, uh, he is, he is our new Pope and he is an infallible, he is the infallible voice of God. Shut up, Siri. Uh, anyway, Kenneth Walker, the third is now the infallible voice of God in Michigan state athletics. And that's the way it's going to be until proven otherwise. I mean, what a debut. I mean, that, that's pretty much like I was at a bachelor party in Grand Rapids and um, I streamed the game on my phone. And before, I, I mean, I don't have ESPN news in my cable package, but like I saw it was seven, nothing after the first, you know, 10 seconds, I'm like, or 15 seconds. I'm like, holy shit. And it kind of felt like when I, I watched it on Sunday, I watched the whole game. It felt like that run that first 75 yard score was like a tone setter. You know what I mean? It felt like shout out to our boy, uh, Jedrick Wills. Jedrick Wills. Yeah. Tone setters. I stole it from, um, <laughs> um, it felt like that. God damn. That felt good. Didn't it? That just felt fucking awesome. That felt fucking, it felt fucking awesome. It and felt when we so got fucking good. Nothing. I'm just like, man, I, okay. I got a lot of shit for my nine and three. I, it could happen, but this is just one game. This is an overreaction. I think if we make it past Miami at 3-0, then we can have that discussion. But, like, you know, I'm just sitting there going, man, maybe 7-5 and five could be on the low end. But there's still some things that concern me about this team. But we got to pimp up the good, like Kenneth Walker the third. Yeah, yeah. I think I think, I think think the best way to do it is compliment sandwich. So yeah. let's, gush, let's gush a little bit more about Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. I mean – uh, when, when we, when we were talking with Brett last week, we discussed kind of how, uh, I shouted out actually, uh, all credit to Spartan dog, uh, 97.16. I didn't shout it out. I'm Spartan dog, nine eleven. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pray, you know, shout credit to Spartan dog, 97.16, because he said to Brett, like when we were talking about the position group, we were most excited to see. Um, he said the running backs, Yeah, and, you know, he was excited to see Kenneth Walker run over some other fuckers and we haven't had a real dominant runner since, since, you know, since really since Jeremy Langford, but that, yeah. I mean, I don't like, compa- you know, I don't like the player comparisons, you no. know, I think that's kind of, uh, felt like it though. It's kind of tacky. It's kind of corny, but, but- I think that, uh, I think that performance was, was Le'Veon Bell-esque. From Kenneth yeah. Walker on 20, Friday. 23 carries, 264 yards, four touchdowns, 11.5 yards average. Now, obviously, that 75-yard run helped. But take away that, that's still a fucking amazing night. And I think his high going in the game was like 130. Yeah. So he had that – I think he had that at halftime. Um, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, I, I just – his burst, like – 
he just sees the field so well. And it was, it was just jaw jaw dropping to see like, Holy shit. I haven't seen that. And like, since Jeremy Langford, like yeah. you know, I got I, chills watching him. Like, Oh my God, this dude, if, if he does this every fucking week, he's gone NFL. Like there's no fucking shot that we keep him more than a year. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the thing I was most impressed of, and I'm trying my best not to sound like an old man yells at cloud here, but <clears throat> there is a tendency kind of among, among running backs uh, that to kind of try to be elusive, you know, to run east and west instead of north and south, to kind of give up to kind of give up the hole you're supposed to hit to try to break it outside and, you know, bust one open. Yeah. And the thing that's impressive, the thing that jumped out at me to Kenneth Walker is that he had no hesitation hitting the hole. No, you can tell, you can tell he goes, okay, this is a power I'm running off tackle. And he hit that hole every single time he goes, okay, like this is a dive. I'm running, I'm running off guard. And he hit that hole off guard every single time. He didn't try to bust outside. He put his head down. It was good old-fashioned football. And, you know, that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of play that that beats, you know, 12 out of the 14 teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. You, yeah, I just – I'm just in awe of it. And I can't wait to see it in person on Saturday. Um. I, I got to talk about Peyton Thorne. Um, well, let's compliment Sandwich. Uh, I was going to bring up Peyton Thorne. So um, the biggest concern, and, and Lucas, I'm sure, I'm sure you feel you feel the same way. Um, I'm I'm scared to death of the cornerbacks. Um, the secondary I'm to, is. I'm I, I'm scared to death of these cornerbacks this year. I I don't I don't have a good feeling about them at all yet. I think I think they're good with tackling, but. Um, they give up too many big plays and we're lucky that Northwestern couldn't finish drives because yeah, this game could have been 38, 31 or 38, 34. It could have very easily been like a nail biter. And I'm not trying to downplay what MSU did because scoring 38 points. I mean, Holy shit. That's like, I can't remember the last time a Mark Antonio team did that. Maybe Jim Bowman, Jim Bowman saw that, saw the box score and had a fucking stroke. He didn't maybe, know what to do. Maybe the last time I think was the Utah State opener in 2018. Um, I the, the secondary. I think there's good players there, but I don't know if it's the scheme or the coaching. And I'm not down. I'm not downplaying Scotty Hazelton. All. I just think there's a lot of work to be done. And yeah, Arlen Barnett is going to turn it around. Um, this this weekend's game could be a good experiment game. Like maybe try different coverage see if like not playing man-to-man works because it looked like they played man-to-man and they got burned a lot yeah they were getting they were getting toasted i mean they especially especially gervin i mean gervin just looked gervin gervin looked like he He was out on he was out on an island in like a bad way like in a castaway way now i don't think ronald williams was bad um, no, I mean, like, I'll, I'll give, I'll cut Ronald Williams a little bit of slack just because he's a transfer. He's coming into a new system. Yeah. You know, playing cornerback is kind of, is kind of difficult, but 
Yeah, I would like to see I would like to see some improvement um yeah. against Miami. You know, this isn't this game games like these like Youngstown State, they're not they're not built for for they're not built for testing a team's capabilities. They're built for experimenting. Yeah. So I think we're going to, I think, you know, we're going to see a lot of, we're going to see a lot of different things. You know, I, I think we're going to see a lot of different combinations of, of secondary of secondary. I don't think the secondary is set yet. I still think it's not, I still think there's some, I still think there's some questions at that, at the corner, especially at the corner position. I think the safeties, Safeties I think this, yeah, I think the safeties might be fine, but I think, I think the corners still need some. I think the corners still need to kind of, kind of shake themselves out a little bit, kind of let the cream rise, and I think we're going to see that next week. Yeah. So let, let's go back to compliments. Um, we're going to make it like a double or triple decker comment sandwich. Um, uh, I think Coach Kapovich is the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. It was rough last year, but like, I mean, no one, like people who put last year on Mel Tucker's staff are fucking morons. And if you're listening and you said that, you're a fucking moron. I'm not sorry. Yeah, Zanjo, yeah, Zan you fucking moron. I'll never forget that. <laughs> first turnover, fire him. Like, well, and then Sean, just the whole, the whole post game, like, Sean's like, please calm down. Please calm down. Um, I mean, he turned, uh, I think in 2018, Colorado was like 120th in rushing. And when he came, they had, they turned into like 20, top 20, top 25. Yeah. I could expect that turnaround this year. I really believe that. Um, with, with the stable of running backs we have and that offensive line got a lot of push. That yes. was, that like had me drooling. I'm like, oh, my, and, oh Lord. And, you know, one of the areas, I think the thing that impressed me most, you know, that I think we can kind of take a little way more from the defensive line was supposed to be one of Northwestern's kind of anchors this year. You know, they were returning a lot of guys. They had a lot of depth and, you know, Michigan, I mean, Michigan state's old line basically got to do whatever they wanted, but I do want to give a shout out to someone on the defensive line uh, who just jumped out to me and that's Drew Beasley. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I, I went to high school with Drew Drew and I went to the same high school. So like, you know, when he went into state, you know, he's a big dude. I mean, I'm six, three, he's taller than me, but you know, he was kind of like this lanky string bean. I saw him on Friday night. I had to do a fucking double take. He doesn't even (laughs) look like the same fucking guy. I mean, he looks fucking, he looks like a fucking he looks like a fucking like he looks like he belongs in the MAGA trenches, baby. Like this is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I the I really did like what the D-line did. I think they could get a little bit more push, but um, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and bitch about this game. It was so satisfying to yeah. to see. Like just a huge it already feels different than last year. I mean, that is just like I read Graham Couch's article and it was just like, I can I agree with him. Like the turnaround that Mel is, is doing on this team could be faster than we thought. Um, I think it's an overreaction, but I mean, it really could be if this season ends up being a great success. Like I, 
Lucas, I haven't felt that that relaxed watching Michigan State football since Jesus Christ. Four years for me. In twenty, yeah, it would have had to have been twenty seventeen. It would have had Probably to be the bowl records. game where we just absolutely, yeah, it would have had to have been the Holiday Bowl. I mean, that had to have been it. It was the Holiday Bowl. Yeah, that that game I turned off at halftime. I'm like, this where we, hard. yeah, where we sucked the oxygen out of out of Gus. I mean, just absolutely, just fuck Gus Gus Johnson's world up. Yeah, uh, that was great. Uh, eh, touchdown, Michigan State. Like, just so, um, go go ahead. I'll let you go. I just wanted i i have I have one more big area of concern, and then um, we can talk about Peyton Thorne. Uh, you know, I you know i I would like to see. I don't know. I I'm not sure about these receivers yet. I don't I don't have a good feeling. Mm. Um, you know, I think Trey Mosley, I think Trey Mosley is probably still a year away from being that, you know, I think Trey Mosley's ceiling is like that RJ Shelton, Aaron Burbridge, you know, type of player where like, if you throw it in his direction, he's going to go get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're comparing to Aaron Burbridge, I think we'll be pretty fine. Yeah. I think Jaden Reed is, is, is going to be, is a solid speedster around the outside. Um, but I just I don't think they're quite there yet, and I don't know if that's just because Thorn doesn't have like the Thorn just does that's just not Thorn's style under center, or you know they just didn't need to throw it, you know they just didn't need to run that many pass plays because Walker was gaining so much ground. Right. I I just don't I I don't know. It's like I, it's like you know it's uh. I to quote uh, Star Wars, I have a bad feeling about this. I can't explain it, but it's just kind of like I don't. I'm not sure. You know, I, I I'm not sold on. I'm not sold on the receiving corps yet. On the receiving corps yet. I don't think they're. I don't think they're 100 there yet. I think they're probably like 75. That's fine. I don't think they're there yet, and I would like to see some massive leaps this weekend before we go down to Miami. I think if you establish, if you get Reed, Naylor, and Mosley a lot of touches on Saturday, get a lot, like feed them the ball, like just feed them the slop. Um, I think it's going to be okay for Miami. And um, I think Mosley, I actually think Mosley is going to be just as important as Reed or Naylor. Like Mosley made some really good grabs. And yeah, I mean, like that's, that's, that's huge. Like, to, like you said, he's, I think at the, what he could be right now is a safety valve for Thorne. If Reed and Naylor aren't there, I think what I liked about Thorne is that he could make, he could, he, he had 10 incompletions, but he didn't throw very often. Um, but the big throws that he had to make, he put where only his receiver could catch it. Right. And, and I like that a lot. So now we're getting into Peyton Thorne. Like I, I, I made, I made my, uh, I made my I'm trying to I'm trying to word this in the in the correct way. I made my preference um pretty well known on who I thought should should start the season. Um yeah. you know, but 
I was I was very pleasantly surprised with with the progression Peyton Thorne made. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. If Kenneth Walker and the O line are going to continue to do what they do week out, week in, week out, then we don't need Peyton Thorne to be anything else than than what he. You know, Peyton Thorne's not trying to be anything other than what he's trying to be lately. You know, it, it could be like Jake Rudock type, like yeah, game manager. He throws, but like a game manager, but. He, Jake Rudock wasn't awful. I mean, he made plays when he had to, but he wasn't relied on as much as like Connor Cook was back in his same era. Yeah. I mean, so I think that's, so I think, I think Thorne's going to be all right. And like you said, Lucas, when he had to make the big throws, when he had to make the deep throws, like he put them, he wasn't, he wasn't throwing 50, 50 balls. He wasn't throwing no. hospital balls. You know, it was like, if you don't get this tray, if you don't get this ball, no one's getting it. Yeah. You and know, Jaden, if you're not getting this ball, no one's getting it. That's that, that's something I think that's something I think that was probably, you know, God bless him. I think that was Rocky's biggest weakness. Yeah. That he could throw the ball forever, but it was getting but, picked. Right. If, if there was a corner in the area, it was getting picked. Except against Michigan. Um, yeah, well, because there were no corners in the area. They were all getting <laughs> fucking burned. <laughs> um, I, I think Thorne will be fine this year. Um, I was honestly surprised that Russo didn't start. But um, like I said, I didn't care who, who won the job because they earned it. Um, but like for but I need to – for Saturday, I want to see – I want to see a little bit more of the running game. Like I want to see other guys like let Walker get his cause he's fucking earned it. Um, and then like, see like what Joyner and um, Oh my God, uh, you know, Collins and. Well, Simmons. I think, I, I think, I think the, I think the running, I think the, I think the rotation at back was made pretty clear at Sat was, was made pretty clear. Yeah. I think it's pretty clearly. Uh, I think it's pretty clearly Walker, then Simmons, then Joyner, then then Eli. Um, yeah, like let like I th- I could see Walker getting like one fifty to two hundred, and then like sitting the rest of the game. Yeah, like let you him know. Rest. Yeah. So um, go ahead. This is actually a good segue into you know kind of what I wanted to to ask you, Lucas. Like you know that. This isn't like a benchmark, like circle it on your calendars kind of game. This is a, you know, it's it's a great game. I mean, this is going to be the first home game with fans in it in two years. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of you know, and it's on nine eleven. So there's you know a lot of a lot of emotion. A lot of a lot of hash browns are going to be eaten. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's a very it's a you know it's going to be a very it's going to be a very awesome day. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I'm jealous of those of you who are going to be there. I was planning on being there. I can I can no longer make it. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to meet Chad Latz. Yeah, well, I'll be there the 25th for Nebraska. So yeah, um, me too. So we'll finally what, meet up. Yes, finally. What I wanted to uh, what I wanted to ask you, Lucas, is you know what are what are three things you you're kind of looking you kind of want the staff. You kind of want the staff to do this Saturday that. Um, number one, I want to see more passing. Um, this is the game where we could, where I think Peyton Thorne could afford to make a mistake or two. 
if we can kind of see more of his showcase because, you know, I think that Penn State game, he showed he can throw for like three 350. Um, I'd like to see that. Now, do I think it's going to happen? No. Um, I honestly expect Russo to come in the game at some point unless we are struggling, which uh, that's bad. Um, I want to see coverage improvement like I hinted at earlier. Yeah. Because um, this team has the juice and I think the talent to win nine games, but we could lose another game or two because of that secondary. Like we really could. Um, yeah. I mean, like the only thing separating Brett's prediction from your prediction is secondary is the secondary. I mean, really yeah. like based, you know, it's one game, whatever, fuck you. Like I'm right. not, I'm not a partial, you know, I owe $26,000 to MSU. I'm not going to be fucking partial. All right. Like this team can win nine games. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, I mean, the door is open for nine wins. I think it is like Penn state. That was a rough game. I think they're going to bounce back. And, you know, you had people like saying Ohio state looked rough. Yeah. It's not going to fucking happen. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. That second half. That was awesome. That was (laughs) the, the second half. Like if you thought Ohio state looked beatable this year, you turn the game off at halftime. I'm fucking yeah. sorry. Like, <laughs> my, sorry, my third one, then, then we'll move on. And we can do yours is I want to see the run game spread around a little bit. Like let Walker get his, like he's, he's a big dog. He gets to eat whatever he wants and then let the other guys get to the bowl and eat the rest of the food. Like I just, I want to see some, a lot of offense. Like that, that's my biggest thing. A lot of offense and improvement in the deep coverage. So, so here are here are kind of three things I'm looking for. Um, I would like to see I'd like to see Scotty Hazelton and Harlan Barnett um, really, really kind of kind of figure out what the secondary is going to be on the fly. You know, I'd like to see them try different pairings at corners. I'd like to see them try different coverages. I'd like to see them try kind of different ways that they're going to cover within those packages. Um, I would really like to see, you know, kind of Harlan and, and Scotty Hazelton kind of, kind of tweak, kind of be a little mad scientisty uh, with, with the corners, especially with the corners, because I think the corners is, is the biggest area of concern. And, you know, number two, you know, I would like, you know, like you said, Lucas, I think I want to see, I want to see Peyton Thorne kind of, kind of hang loose a little, you know, I kind of want to see him, you know, make some big plays, make a mistake, you know, I kind of, I want him to leash a little bit. Right. I want to see, I want to at least feel like he can play outside of himself. If that situation were to present itself, like if Peyton Thorne needed to play outside of himself, like he has the ability to, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh, I would like to have a moment on Saturday kind of like where Bruce Banner turns around to, to Steve Rogers and goes, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. It would be kind of cool if they ran like a two minute drill type of thing. Like if they just were like, okay, say it's, say it's 28, nothing. I don't think it's going to be, but say it is like, be like, okay, pretend this game is tied two minute drill. You're going down the field. To, you have to score a touchdown. Right. And you know, you know, Youngstown State's a, a serious football team. They want to, they won a national championship less than five years ago, but, yeah. 
but you know, like this game went from like a, Oh Jesus Christ, please don't fucking lose to, all right, like, let's, let's see what else can happen. You know? Yeah. It went from, uh, it went from the note Marge left Bart, like, please be good for the love of God. Please be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the note, <laughs> to the note. I'm March very proud of you. Yeah. I'm, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I think we switched lunches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I want to give a score prediction. No. And the third thing I want to see uh, oh, is, sorry. is very simple. Uh, two words, one man. Uh, scientifically, it's not a number, but it can technically be a number. Uh, Keon Coleman. I'd like to see Ooh. more Keon Coleman this weekend. What, did he play Friday night? Uh, I think he in like some – I don't think he got any touches, but I think he was on the field a couple times. Yeah, this is the type of game where Thorne can spread the ball around, not just hit Reed, Naylor, Mosley. He can – he can go to option four or five if the if oh. they're five, with their five wideouts on the field. Speaking of spreading the ball around, if they're going to keep Connor Hayward in the slot, oh, I am instituting I am instituting a permanent ban on Connor Hayward slander for eighteen months. Lucas, what have I been saying? Connor Hayward belongs in the slot. Yeah, I mean, good fucking lord. That's awesome. I'm so fucking, I'm so fucking happy that he's like a Wes Welker type of guy for us. Yeah. And you know what? Wes Welker did a lot of cool shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to dog Hayward. He's, he's been, he's a hundred. He's a Wes Welker is 120% like a MAGA anti-vaxxer guy now without looking him up. And he's probably big time CTE brain too. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, the government, yeah, like he's a hundred percent, he's a hundred percent like a QAnon guy now. But he was a hell of a player, and that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, same with OJ, hell of a player. All that matters. So before we talk about NFL, do we want to? Do you want to touch on the NIL deal that they signed? Yeah, I do. So I would really like to. So for those who are not in the know and come to Bacon Wire for all the news that is MSU, all the news that's fit to print, baby. UWM, uh, United, is it Wholesale Mortgage? Yeah. Yeah. United Wholesale Mortgage, Matt Ishbia's company. Ishiba. Matt Ishiba. Ishiba. The former. Okay, I almost, I almost pulled a, I need to calm down. I almost pulled a, uh, a Jack Morris. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> then then I just, I'd splice in the um, Tom Brenneman audio. Um, I think of myself as a man of faith. <laughs> um. His company signed a deal with MSU football and men's hoops players. 133 players are signing a national um, or name, image, and likeness NIL deal with United Wholesale Mortgage to get a $500 stipend per month as long as they're at MSU. This isn't just through the season, it's the whole year. So they're getting six grand a year, which six grand more than they would get a year ago. Right. And Awesome. That, that can pay rent. Like that can not that they need it. Well, their their rent is paid for. Well, you I mean, know that's part know, of their college. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Give you breathing room, and for a college student, you got to live cheap for the most part. Five hundred bucks gives you a lot of cushion. If you don't need it, and you got parents, or you got a good situation. More power to you. Get that money. But I think this is fucking phenomenal, and I think more companies are going to jump onto the stipend stuff. Like this is just the beginning. Yeah, I mean, my my mom brought this up earlier, and you know, like I'm, 
you know, the second Alabama, because Alabama doesn't have a deal like this in place as far as I know. Probably the, within the week. Yeah, but the second a recruit chooses Michigan State over Alabama, there will be something like this in place. Oh, they'll probably but, be like 500K a month or something. Fucking right, yeah, something fucking stupid. Like $100,000 salary a month. But no, like I just want to take this opportunity to, to shout out you know, again, I mean, this whole podcast has been a shout out to Coach Tucker and the staff, but yeah, I'd like to shout out Coach Tucker, and I would especially like to shout out our friend Gary and Harris. You know, who was, who were both integral in kind of, in kind of getting the ball rolling on this NIL stuff and having the infrastructure in place to to have athletes be able to take advantage of this. Yeah, you know, Kenneth Walker has a has a has a shirt already. That's fucking awesome. You should go yeah. support it. It's on his Twitter. It looks fucking dope. Uh, the design's fucking cool. Uh, you know, and you know, at schools, at schools like you know, like Michigan, the NIL system's fucked. It's you know, and I'm glad you know Tucker and 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 Darian Harris and. And the staff at kind of overtime and, and green print and these 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 programs that Tucker kind of established because he saw the writing on the wall. Uh, you know, they're paying dividends. And this is this is gonna be a massive recruiting boost. I mean, like this is essentially like a salary. You know, it's it's modest, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna pay, it's not gonna pay bills, but you know, it's like you said, it's $500 more a month than they were getting. And it's just like a nice base stipend for that, for the players. It's just some breathing room. Right. And, and, you know, they're probably going to get a, they're probably going to get a base stipend for, for, from EA sports for whatever bastardized NCAA football they come out with next year. I think it's going to suck. I'm sorry. It's going to, it's going to fucking suck. I mean, I, yeah, it's going to, they're going to sell millions they want they're gonna sell millions and it's gonna be like it's gonna have the same problems madden has but with the marching band music they're, they're just gonna copy paste madden's uh source code into a new game and just put different stadiums and jerseys on it and players right it's so just, it's gonna have the same glitches gonna have the same bugs i'll probably buy it but i'm not i'm not anticipating anything great Listen, as long as Dynasty Mode is there and as long as Road to the Heisman is there, you can't lose. I mean, you you cannot lose. No. um, But, yeah, but, like, this is a huge advantage in the state because we're the only school in the state that has that – that has that kind of – that has this kind of agreement in place. Well, you know, Stephen Ross and all those other donors at Michigan are probably putting something together. They don't have shit. Michigan had to go to Gilbert to fucking to fucking get money for for sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, Rocket Mortgage sponsors Michigan athletics. None of the so billionaires good. at Michigan want to do shit. They had to go to yeah, one of our guys. Ross gonna tell them to fuck off. Yeah. Um. So that's awesome. We're probably gonna find out more and more <laughs> as time goes on with the NIL deal with uh, Matt Ishiba's company. Um, it's and, you just, know, this is on top of, you know, the deals that the players can get individually and, and other group deals like Jolly Pumpkin and East Lansing sponsors the line 
sponsors yeah. the linemen. They have a group deal with the linemen. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, this is, you know, this is the beginning and, and I'm, I'm very excited that, you know, I'm so happy that, that Mel Tucker is the head coach of Michigan state football for this moment. It, Cause it is, it's a massive, it's a massive state. I mean, like, look, statement. yeah, it's a massive statement. It's a massive win, both, you know, for these players who, who deserve to honestly make more than $500 a month. But, you know, that's me. That's me turning this podcast into Chapo Trap House. So I'm not going to subject you guys to that. <laughs> um, and and a massive win in recruiting because players are, you know, like that's awesome. To have a guaranteed income is fucking huge, you know. Yeah, it's, it's going to be – Interesting to see what else or what other companies add to this from MSU or, you know, the inevitable Clemson, USC, Alabama stipends, see how much those are in comparison. It'll probably be like you get to rent a Lamborghini and exchange it every six months in Alabama. That's, that's what I'm saying. We need to pull our money together and we need to uh, start a car, car dealership. Bacon wire exotics. And we just give players cars. I mean, like... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So tomorrow night, folks, NFL football's back. Um, we've got the Cowboys barf and the defending champion Buccaneers barf with Tom Brady, the man who has broken me twice and seems like he'll never fucking age. Right when you think he's about to, he doesn't. Um, so it starts tomorrow night on NBC with Al Michaels and we get the, the good old um, Chris, uh, God, Chris, Chris Collinsworth. God, I'm that's so awful. <laughs> Chris Collinsworth slide. Um, hopefully that comes. Are back. they bringing, are they bringing the slide back? Cause they didn't do the slide last year. Cause oh, of COVID, buddy, I, I hope so. It, it's, it's not a, it's not, it's not COVID. Okay. Once Chris Collinsworth slides again, COVID is officially over. Yep, COVID's That's, dead. Once once Collinsworth slides in, COVID is dead. Um, so you know, okay. I'm not looking forward to this segment for 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 a couple reasons, but um we'll focus on the Lions because most of Bacon Wire's listeners are probably Lions fans. I think I'm the only Rams fan, and I'm gonna get a lot of venom and hatred this year. So I'll maybe touch on it, but um, I'm kind of afraid like a kid dipping his toes in the pool to see if it's, you know, warm enough for him or cool enough. Um, I've watched a lot. I've watched a decent amount of the Lions preseason and I don't know what to think, man. I mean, they could, they could bottom out and win three games or they could pull together seven or eight. You know, I don't like, what do you think? So here, here's where I'm at. Right. Um, like this, this is the first, this is the, this is like the least amount of thought I put into a Detroit Lions season hmm. since I was like in elementary school and I didn't care because like the way I look at it is if golf goes out there, lays an egg, sucks fucking ass. They win three games. 
that's cool. We have a high draft pick. We can get Thibodeau from Oregon or Derek Stingley Jr., you know, kind of fortify the defense. And then we can go into next season and, you know, we only owe Goff that one installment of 44 million bucks. And if he goes out there, lays another egg, sucks again, we can draft a, we'll draft a quarterback and, you know, pat Goff on the ass and say, thanks for coming. Yeah. Like, like I was thinking a lot about what I was going to say, because I knew we were going to talk about this and like, I'm, I'm, I'm still pretty far away from calling the Lions a competent franchise. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. Um, I'm, you know, I'm like a girl with trust issues. Like, you're going to have to give me a lot of time and space to kind of, to kind of let, to kind of like get me to break my walls down. But like some of the roster moves that the Lions have made this offseason are things that a competent franchise would do. A competent franchise would look at someone like Don Malbach and go, like, what are, what are you here for? We're wasting one of 53 roster spots on a, on a 40-year-old dude who's on the field like 200 times a year. Yeah. Like, our backup center can do, can do what you do. Like, why are we paying you to do this? That's like a Bel- Bill Belichick type of attitude. Like, when players get old – he cuts them or he, he gets ahead of the game and cuts them. You know what I mean? Right. So like, that's like the, that's the thing I'm, I'm most excited about is, is the, is they're doing things competent franchises do, you know, cutting Jelani Tavai is a thing a competent franchise does. Uh, Brett, I was very happy for a good boy, Brett. Yes, I mean Brett. Um, the Brett agenda wins yet again. Yeah. Um, can Brett stop losing? Um, I don't know. Ask Brett about his ex girlfriend. He'll tell you. Um, <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. I'm sorry, Brett. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, Brett. Yeah, that was a fucking dick move. I should be focused. Sing all my jokes on 9/11, not on you. Uh, that's on me. <laughs> Um, um, but no, like I like, and if you know if they're good and they rattle off eight nine wins, cool, like that that'll be cool. But like either either way, I'm good with. Like last year, I wanted them to suck because I wanted that fat fuck Matt Patricia to get the fuck out. Yeah, and you know, now that like I you know. Now that they're gone, it's just kind of like we're just kind of you know it's the partying bullshit era of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I, I think the plan is to take two years, especially because you have picks from another team that if they do bad, you could have two lottery picks. Um, so that segues into my nervousness about this season for my dear LA Rams. Um, if you didn't know, I am a Rams fan. I have been for a long time, so I didn't do the Stafford bandwagon thing like a lot of Detroit Lions fans on Twitter have been doing. Um, I When this trade happened, uh, you texted me 
like uh, my phone blew up and I was putting together like a fucking drawer from Ikea or something. And um, it just didn't, hasn't really sunk in until like I saw him play. Now he didn't play this preseason, but until I saw him in the uniform, um, I'm going to be honest. I'm nervous about this season um, because they play the bears on uh, Sunday night football. If he gets a bad hit from Khalil Mack, this season turns into like it, they could win 14 games at their max. This turns into like a win four games type of year. Like if Stafford's out for an extended amount of time. Now I'm not trying to be, you know, chicken little or, you know, Debbie Downer. I should be excited because, you know, they, I, I don't know if you want to call it an upgrade. Stafford is older. He is beat up. I don't like that they traded so many picks for him. Um, this is going to sound bad, but I would have honestly just waited to see what Houston's going to do to see if Houston just holds long enough until someone calls comes calling with a bargain bin trade for Deshaun Watson. Now, morat moral, morally wise, I don't like that. I said that, but I mean, you know, I think if you had one over the other, I would have rather gone that route, but nonetheless, you know, we're here and, I'm excited for the season, but I'm also just terrified because I've watched Stafford for so long and I've seen him just get beat the fuck up. He's a warrior. He's tough as nails, but he's not getting younger. He's what, 35, 34, 34, I think. 34. Yeah. 34. Um, This season could go to where he throws for 5,000 yards and they win 13, 14 games and they win the division and they go to the NFC title game just to have Tom Brady rip my heart out again. But I don't know. I just want to make the playoffs. That's all I want. Um, and I know that and like my, my father-in-law, you know, we have, as I've said before, is a huge Lions fan. You know, he's, I said to him, you should be rooting for the Rams to lose every fucking game because if they go 0 and 17 and say you go one and 16, guess what? you get the number one and two picks and you can basically turn around your franchise in one season and, you know, change the trajectory of everything. And, you know, that's not realistic, but um, I don't know. It's a very tough schedule. I'm not, I don't know. I just want, I just want them to get in the playoffs and see what happens. I don't care if it goes to 14 wins. I don't care if it's 10 and seven or 11 and six, like just fucking get in. And um. I'm very curious to see what Stafford does under the Sean McVay system. Like that is, that does definitely intrigues me to no end. Like I'm excited to see what he can do. Like the, the potential is there for something great, but I think I'm going to get something in the middle. You know what I mean? And, and I'm nervous. I'm nervous to see Stafford. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, I think your concerns are, I think your concerns are, are merited, honestly, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, as, as a supporter of the Detroit lions, um, have an incentive to, to want the Rams to fucking suck and to fucking mm-hmm. crash and burn and to fall apart completely because it helps me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think the Rams are, are winning the Super Bowl. I, I don't think. I don't think so. Dude, I don't think. I think 
I think their ceiling with Goff was reaching the NFC Championship game, and their ceiling with Stafford might be reaching the Super Bowl. But I don't – unless Brady falls off a fucking cliff this year. Yeah. You know, unless this unless this year is the year everyone has been predicting for the last six years where Tom Brady finally falls off a cliff. I don't know. I don't I don't see I don't see anyone beating the Buccaneers in the NFL. I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt until he loses. Right. I mean until I mean until he like until he gets benched. Because even right. when he even that last year in New England where he was losing. He was not good. He was not good. No. But he but look what he did last year. So yeah. who fucking knows? That's kind of where I'm at. You know, I don't think anyone's beating the Tampa Bay as as it stands right now before Especially the Especially since all 22 starters returned. Yeah. I mean, like, to have that kind of consistency after winning a championship is, is fucking unheard of. And, you know, as a Manchester United supporter, I am very much enjoying the, the Glazer family's uh, newfound commitment to excellence. Yeah. Um, it's paying it's paying dividends across the pond in Manchester, uh, but you know we don't we don't talk the footy. Uh, I would just sit here and let you talk for like twenty minutes. Yeah. I go to the bathroom and make some food and, um, but I, so okay, let's just do something for fun. Then we'll wrap up. Who do you think is going to be representing each conference in the Super Bowl? Like I th- go ahead. I, I think I know what I'm going to do. I think it's going to be Bucks. I think it's going to be. Hmm. It's going to do it in the AFC. I'm running through the AFC trying to. I th- I think I honestly think the, like it's I I think it might be Bucks Ravens. Really? Yeah. I think it's going to be Bucks Chiefs again. I think it's going to be a rematch. That was my initial. That was my initial gut instinct, but. I wanted to change it up, you know. Like I, I think picking, I think picking Bucks Chiefs is a little too chalky. Um, but I, I think I, I don't know. I think the Ravens can kind of get over that hump this year. Yeah, I, I don't think that. I think I don't know. Like, like obviously, like Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, but I don't know. You know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. It's going to be interesting to see how they do with uh, Gus Johnson or. Gus Matthews, Gus Johnson, the running back, um, with Gus Matthews and um, and uh, not Gus Matthews, I don't know whoever the Ravens' running back is, um, and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I Edwards, mean, the, not Matthews. Sorry. The uh, but like the Chiefs' offensive line, man, they were fucking putrid in the Super Bowl. Fucking and, and Eric Fisher was hurt. Eric Fisher got hurt too. Like their number. Yeah, one. I mean, they're like that's that's where. You know, that's kind of where you're, you know, if a guy can go down and your offensive line goes from like no one's from brick wall to fucking sieve yeah. with one injury, like. And and people like dog Mahomes after that game. And it's like, I don't think he can't do shit if his lines, you can't blame that game on him if his lines just completely collapsed. No, that was that that was not Mahomes' fault at all. I mean, not even close to Mahomes' fault. I mean, no, I don't. I'm. I should be a homer and say Rams Chiefs just because we deserve that Super Bowl two years back. 
like because that's like the best Monday night football game I've ever seen in my life. Like that that, one, that game was awesome. That game was fucking sweet. That was like I dropped everything I was doing and watched that game. It was just incredible. Um, I it, I would love to see a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl just because we we need that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm going Bucks until they prove me wrong. Tom Brady's proved me wrong twice. I was arrogant leading up to the Super Bowl in 2019. I thought on paper this team should destroy the Patriots, and they made the they made that offense look so pedestrian and so average and so shitty that I didn't even finish watching the game. Like when Goff overthrew Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore picked it off, I, I turned the TV off. I was done. So, but like with Jared Goff, I I never hated him. And I don't hate him. I think he could. I think he's a good quarterback. I really do. No, but like I said, I golf's like it's pretty clear. Golf has a ceiling. Yeah. And 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 you know, I think, and I think everyone thinks Stafford's ceiling. You know, granted, if he can remain healthy, is 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 higher. Yeah, and it probably is higher than if, than if golf. Stafford's fully healthy. They can go toe to toe with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I fully I believe that, but I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Yeah, so you know that's kind of that's kind of where I think things sit. You know, I'm just you know if the lines suck, I'm I'm good with that. You know, if the lines are good, cool. You know, yeah, that means Dan Campbell's a good coach, and the players want to fight for him. And if they're bad, then it's okay. Brad Holmes knows what he's doing. You know, yeah. I mean, like. Like, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, but it's so obvious that, like, there's no point in getting emotionally invested on a game-by-game basis this year if you're a Detroit Lions fan. There, there's no fucking there's no fucking point. Right. I mean, like, like, you know, you need you need something to do on a Sunday afternoon. You're gonna watch, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch the Lions on a game-by-game basis. But <laughs> It's, you know, but it is what it is, you know. And yeah, I'm not going to get to watch the Rams a lot this year unless I <clears throat> legally stream them on uh, on the desktop. Yeah, I mean, this this year for the Lions is kind of like the uh, is kind of like the, you know, the the first 20 minutes of a of, of a sports movie, you know, of like an underdog sports movie. Yeah. Or they're kind of putting it together. So I'm, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's going to be interesting. We'll talk about it next week for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll. And and if the Bears beat the Rams, you know, the, you guys are going to be foaming at the mouth. And you, I, every time the the Rams punt this year or turn the ball over, it's going to be like that Oprah video I post, where like everyone's like, or the Ellen video, where everyone's jumping for joy and celebrating and like crying. Like I think shitting what, their pants and coming, yeah, yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all we got for this week. It's pretty pretty beefy pod. We squeeze into an hour. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to you want to talk about Shang Chi real quick? Shang Chi. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really have a lot to say. It. You know, it's it's good. You know, it. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, I think it was probably one of the. I think it was probably the best quote unquote origin movie. Mm-hmm. Out of the MCU since the first Avenger, um, you know I, you know I thought that I thought the fight choreography was like next level. Yeah, the martial uh, arts. We got a martial arts movie that happened to be Marvel. Yeah, that was 
you know, it was very awesome. Uh, you know, I've been a big fan of Simu Lu for a while now. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kim's Convenience uh, on Netflix, you know. Uh, and it was just, you know, it was a cool fucking movie. You know, it was Shang-Chi's powers are cool. Mm. Uh, the, the bus fight was cool. Uh, Aquafina you know, was good. A lot of people don't like Aquafina. My brother was like, I fucking hate when Aquafina's in a movie, but mm. I like Aquafina. I think she brings a lot of good energy. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting questions that we can kind of save for save for further down the line, specifically the mid credit sequence. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm kind of interested in getting your thoughts on. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that maybe when it hits Disney Plus in a month and a half. Yeah, because that's yeah, when you know, we'll give. That. Yeah, we'll give everyone a chance to see it. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought Tony Leung was really good as well Mandarin and name only, I guess, but um, I forget his name, but as the father. Um, yeah, Tony Leung was Tony Leung was. I mean, he's always fucking good. Yeah. But like he, yeah, he was awesome, you know. Yeah, I, I just the movie kept me in, interested from start to finish, and I actually liked it better than Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, Black Widow kind of, you know, I think the problem like Black Widow was gonna run into, no matter what, was like it was always gonna feel out of place because of yeah. where it took place in the MCU. How you long did it made? Right, how long it took to get made, kind of the, even if it came out when it was supposed to, like no COVID, I think, yeah. I think it's still, I think it might have been even more lackluster, to be honest with you. I think the year off kind of, kind of saved it a little bit. Right. Kind of softened the blow, but no, I'm very excited for, to see Shang-Chi in the future and kind of where and i'm 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 pumped for fucking eternals and i'm unbelievably hyped for no way home oh my god i'm gonna be so happy watching no way home like it's gonna be i it's gonna be i try to avoid spoilers for movies now in my older age but i've been reading the spoilers for this movie like the leaks i've been reading them because like i'm just dying to see this movie and I mean, I think we're pretty much getting what we all thought was going to happen. Yeah, no. Like, it this seems is... like it's just a fucking mortal lock. No, I'm excited for No Way Home. Uh, Eternals looks... Like... I think Eternals is going to be really goddamn good. Yeah, like Eternals is just going to be a good movie. I mean, like Nomad Land is is wonderful. You know, it's not wonderful. I did not care for it. It It's... It is very much that... Um, that cliche kind of road trip indie uh but i i thought i thought it was very well made i thought the messaging was was very well handled um i think chloe Zhao is 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 magnificent behind the camera some of the camera work in in nomad land was was tip top yeah and you know i'm excited to, to have her bring that to eternals in the mcu where you know a lot of it can just be kind of flat sometimes you know where it's just like okay like like they were in atlanta like they're not anywhere like they're in atlanta mm-hmm. like it's like the trailer for eternals feels like okay like they're actually like 
in a place like they're not like in atlanta or london right they're yeah, like I, in... it, yeah chloe Zhao shoots a really good movie and i'm excited for that i didn't think it was her i don't know no man land just it felt like a documentary but you just plot francis mcdormand in it you know what i mean yeah that's kind of what it felt like um and i still can't get over her pooping in a bucket um one last one last movie thing, Lucas. Yeah. Uh, before we go, uh, one last movie wire bit. Uh, did you watch the trailer for Don't Look Up? Yeah, McKay's new movie. Yeah, I'm so fu- I'm so fucking excited, dude. I'm so fucking excited. Leo looks kind of awesome. I fucking fucking Jonah Hill is like a douchebag presidential staffer for President Meryl Streep. Oh, this Meryl is gonna Streep's the president. Yeah, this is gonna fucking roll. This is gonna this is gonna fucking this movie is gonna kick fucking ass. I personally don't like Meryl Street, but Adam McKay is like a must-watch. So I give him the benefit of the doubt 10 times out of 10. Yeah, I mean, like, like I'm interesting to see like because like Ariana Grande and like Kid Cuddy. Do you know who Kid Cuddy is? <laughs> yeah, I know who Kid Cuddy is. All right, well, Jesus Christ, I don't know. <laughs> Asshole. They're both they're both in this movie. I'm kind of interested, you know. Obviously, like they both have like they both have some acting chops, so I'm kind of interested to see where they go from there. Right. Uh, but no, I'm like I'm I'm super pumped for this movie. Like this this looks fucking sweet. I can't wait. And and speaking of Adam McKay, next month we get Succession. John. I've been watching it again. Um, I can't, yeah, I'm, can't fucking wait. I'm gonna start my rewatch. I think I'm gonna start my rewatch tomorrow. So yeah, I'm like, I I watched it a couple months ago. That I'm like, I'm fucking doing it again. I just, I'm so pumped to see where this goes. And that that, that trailer for season three like got me. I don't need to see anything else. Like, don't show me anything else from the show. Let's just get right into it. Let's go. Like let let's just fucking do it. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next week we're gonna talk. Oh, uh, we're gonna talk about the MSU Youngstown State game. Maybe I'll share my tailgating adventures. Um, and we'll talk about the NFL, any interesting games, obviously Bears, Rams, and um Lions 49ers. And you know, we'll probably sneak in a couple more movie wire things and see what else MSU news is popping. And uh, we'll go from there. So thanks for listening. And uh, we have a great weekend. Lucas, Lucas, one more thing on on a more serious note. Um, You know, uh, we're, we're remembering, we're remembering a tragedy this week. And, you know, I know I've made a lot of jokes and I've made light, light of it. And, and, you know, I just want to get serious for a second um, if Lucas ever took the effort to edit this podcast, this is when he would uh, do the uh, somber violin music. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, a major tragedy happened um, happened around this time. And, and we should never forget that the Walter Camp Award snubbed Kenneth Walker oh. out of its weekly player honors. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I might I might edit this bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, probably not. It's probably going to be up Thursday morning. Um, but anyway, have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Spartan Dog.
Go green. Go white.